0: Well, Father Jonathan, right at the outset, I have a name for this week's episode.
1: Does it have something to do with pulp fiction?
0: Oh, it does not, should it?
1: <laughs> I don't know. This first reading, it's kind of uh tense.
0: Yes, it is indeed. <laughs> I was going to call this week's episode Wisdom Be Attentive.
1: Oh, let us attend.
0: Let us attend, cuz it seems like all of it has to do with wisdom.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Maybe. What do you mean?
0: Uh, well, before we jump into it, let's just uh, run through the bases here. Uh, how was this Sunday, twenty third, twenty fourth Sunday?
1: Oh, uh, it's fine, fine. Mm-hmm. Had my regular uh, shopping around. Found this church out in Hell's Kitchen. Oh, that's very fun, cool. That's a fun name to say, Hell's <laughs> Kitchen.
0: That's where that's where uh, Daredevil's from.
1: That's right. That's right. Uh it was good. I don't really remember the homily, which is always a good sign in my opinion. <laughs> uh it was mm. only 6 minutes, which is even better.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Uh he so this guy preached. He used my the example that I bring up all the time about that log that catches fire. Oh yeah. Uh, the green when it's green it, it it's gross and it takes a long time and it's just sitting there being miserable, but then when it dries out enough it bursts into into fl- into flame and mm. is consumed and becomes the flame. Nice. So he's that that was great. And then he quoted uh one of ours, uh what's his face? That scientist. Uh um, what? Chardin. Oh, yeah. He had some weird thing about passion, like some science sciencey thing, like when things uh you raise them to the right temperature, then they can combine whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, really s- really I don't really know. I don't really know how to fit into the readings, but that's <laughs> right. what he used.
0: Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, well, that's good. That's fine. It's, it's so fine. You, so you actually did remember some of the homily.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Very good. My homily was not six minutes, but it was seven and a half.
1: Oh, it's getting long.
0: I don't know. I, I'm I'm a big <laughs> believer in that. Ten minutes is the limit. But anything up to ten minutes, I think you're good, as long as mm. it's good, you know. Um, yeah. But, uh-huh. like, nine nine minutes would be, like, the upper limit of what I would want to do, you know? Yeah, no, that's um, fine. I, uh, I focused on... This This actually was something we were talking about last week about discernment. And I wanted to heed your advice to talk about Ignatian discernment. But then I, I started to realize as I was working on it this morning that that was becoming a different homily than what I wanted to give this week. Um, and so it's a whole homily in itself. And I felt like I was kind of... This happens when I prepare my homilies. that Sometimes you start to see that... Two, uh, two small ideas that you have at the very beginning of your writing or your preparing end up becoming two different homilies you know Yeah. Um, and develop into two different homilies which is why I think some preachers suck is because <laughs> they just do both of them you know yeah, um, yeah. just do one I, I ended up preaching about uh, faith and works in particular I started with the gospel as an example of what James is preaching about with faith and works that Peter has a confession of faith but then he doesn't want to let Jesus do the work of salvation at the cross. And there's, there's a limitation saying that, you know, no, my declaration of faith is enough, but I don't want to accompany you carrying my cross to Calvary, but that's the work that needs to happen as a confirmation of your faith, you know? Um, So I connected the two readings that way and just sort of exhorted people to not be hypocrites uh, (laughs) about, you know, we we're sitting here proclaiming our faith and then we go outside and what do we do? You know, do we live our faith in any Mm -hmm. sort of way that has coherence with what we've proclaimed, you know? Um, thought that was good I thought it was fine you know
1: yeah no I like that I like that and it seems to flow in quite well with what we've got this week uh, I mean we're keeping we're keeping on with with uh, this letter from St. James yeah. uh, and I was really struck with this the very last sentence you ask but do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Like, you know, to your point, you know, we we want to do something, but we keep doing the wrong thing. We're asking yep. for the wrong things. Right. And we've spoken about this already, you know, with this with this tension that Jesus has, and we hear, hear it again uh, in our gospel for today. Uh, he did not wish anyone to know about it. Like, he's mm. telling people, don't speak, don't say these things, don't, you know, just wait. Because, as we've been talking, like, because <laughs> you're going to say things, and it's not going to be right. <laughs> right, 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 right. And it's right, not right. just that it's not going to be right, but it's going to be counterproductive because you're you're going to think that you know what you need and how to mm-hmm. be filled mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. when what you actually need is my body and my blood.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so this this gospel picks up right after what we had this week, um, maybe a few verses later, but it's it's another declaration of the passion. You know, so Mark at this point is talking of the passion very openly, you know, Um and so he has already told them to carry their cross, and now they're arguing about who's the greatest. You know, so there's, there's kind of an interesting con- continuation there that Jesus has made it very clear that, you know, if you want to follow me, you've got to carry your cross, and now they're arguing amongst themselves about who's the greatest. And kind of to your point, is that, like, you're missing the point. Like, you keep, <laughs> you keep going back to the wrong, the wrong yeah. argument, the wrong uh, perspective, um, and from that, you want to, you know, evangelize or preach the gospel, but you're going to speak the wrong message. Like the Jesus that needs to be preached by you disciples is the Jesus who's going to die on Calvary, not the one that you invented, you know, that is thinking about places of honor that will be mm-hmm. sitting first, you know?
1: But we love doing that. Yeah. That's like the most human thing that we could ever do mm-hmm. is to try to come up with those places of honor because, you know, I'm awesome, right? Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They had been discussing among themselves on the way who was the greatest. It's like, what a bizarre... I mean, have you ever had a conversation? (laughs) I'm not sure I've ever talked to my friends about that, you know? Um, I mean,
1: (laughs) I can think of some Jesuits who would (laughs) have that conversation.
0: Well, we do. Maybe, like, in a not direct way, but we compare CVs and, like, how many books have I published and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Um, People do that. People do that. Okay. So, I was thinking about wisdom, be attentive, um, because... The first book is, the first reading is from wisdom. And maybe that's the limit of what I was going to say about that. And then, <laughs> but then the the gospel is about putting a child in their midst. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of St. Paul in the letter to the Corinthians, you know, that, you know, the the wisdom of, of men is foolishness to God, you know, but the wisdom of God is foolishness to men. And yeah. that for God, the wisest among us, and he says this elsewhere in the gospels, you know, has been re- revealed to the little ones. And so there's something important about and putting a child in the midst of them as being the one who is emblematic of wisdom, um, the one who actually can inherit the kingdom. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something there. I don't really know where to go with it or what to do with it, but...
1: Well, there's a simplicity to our, to our, to our faith, really. Um, you know, it's about staying close to the cross, staying close to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And just like we were, we were just talking about, you know, we can get so distracted by all these great things that I've done. And sure, they're great, awesome cool. But like, how does that lead to me being closer to Jesus? Well, maybe it's, (laughs) maybe it's not so explicit. Maybe I have to do a little Mm -hmm. bit more work, Mm -hmm. which is why, you know, there's such an outcry in the gospels and in the scriptures to, to have this faith, this childlike faith, which as we've said before, is not a childish faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but is 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 in, in a in a good way it is very simplistic. Like it, it it's right. we had a couple of weeks ago this this um encouragement to speak plainly. Mm-hmm. Uh hmm
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's like I think there's a, that similar type of uh theme going on here, like this true wisdom that we're that we receive from the Lord is not so that we can, you know, appear smart in the eyes of men, but that mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. truly be humble before Before the foot of the cross.
0: Yes. Now, go to James. Go to James. So, the wisdom from above is, first of all, pure, peaceable, gentle, compliant, full of mercy and good fruits, without inconstancy or insincerity. That sounds like what we would describe as childlike, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Although children are not always peaceable or gentle or compliant, still, this is describing sort (laughs) of the the idyllic, you know, view of what it means to be a good child, right, in the face of, of the authority of their father, is that... To be a child is to be someone who's pure, for sure, peaceable, gentle, compliant, etc. Like, you know, and the fruit of all this righteousness is sown in peace for those who cultivate peace. And so just thinking about the peace of a child, and I don't know, there's something about becoming children, and Jesus says this repeatedly in the Gospels, and here you you see the profile, you know, in the letter to James.
1: Well, and look at the lack of qualification on that last sentence. The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace for those who cultivate peace. Mm -hmm. Period. Full stop. Yeah. Like well, we cultivate peace when we're there with people that we agree with or that we know when they're not bad or, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 stop. Yeah. Your job is to cultivate peace. Right. Peace in your heart, peace in your family, peace in your community.
0: Yeah. All of it. Yeah. Now, okay, so just let's go pivoting really fast to something else really quick. Uh, Could you, I'm just off the top of my head thinking, could you juxtapose peace and passions So, he says, where do the wars come from? It's from your passions. So, that's sort of the opposite in his mind of where peace comes from, you know. uh, Passions are tied to war. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything there? Yeah,
1: you know, I I would... So, okay, (laughs) after just lauding him for not having any qualifications, I would qualify that a little bit. Uh, Not because I think it needs to add anything, but just to keep it all in context, like you know, just how I began that last, that last line, you ask, but you do not receive because you ask wrongly. Mm -hmm. I think when he's speaking of our passions there, it's, it's this tendency that we have to, uh, to just to, to, to speak or to act without, without thinking, without, um, without considering, uh, how, how are my words, how are my actions cultivating peace? Because I want to do what's good for me. Uh, you know, and I think, yeah, that's look at the oldest uh the the oldest account of this in the in the Bible, you know, Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. one was upset and so he killed his brother. <laughs> right, right. It's like no, let's slow down, let's think about this, let's take away all the complexity. It's like what is mm-hmm. it that you want? Yeah. Do you want war or do you want peace?
0: <laughs> right, right. You know, so maybe maybe the the childlike aim um is like you said earlier i think very correctly like the focus is not I, and i think maybe this is maybe part of the point is that the focus is not to be like children uh because children wage war all of the time um yes. but it's to be like what children are compared to adults which is they're simple they're simple and they have a, they're pure you know they're they're not tainted by the world so there's a simplicity so that simplicity Maybe that kind of evangelical simplicity, that spiritual simplicity, that uh, quietude inside—you know—that that taking taking ownership and also allowing the passions to be controlled allows for there to be peace in the heart. And when there's peace in our heart, peace in our soul, that won't erupt in in war in the world. You know, um, yeah. and so to be childlike is is to be simple before our loving Father. And that kind of posture, you know, is a remediation of. unwieldy passion, you know, and to have unwieldy passion is what leads to war and what leads to conflict, you know, because we're not in control of ourselves. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know,
1: and I wonder if there's a similar, uh, so I'm still kind of wrestling with this first reading because it's, it's kind of difficult at first glance. Like, what do we do with this? Right. But I wonder if there is a bit of that um, childlike inquisitiveness that's going on here. Hmm. So we're, we're you know, uh, let's see whether his words be true. Let us find out what will happen to him. Mm-hmm. If if the just one be the son of God, God will defend him and deliver him from his foes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with revilement and torture, let us put the just one to the test that we may have proof of his gentleness and try his patience. Like, in a sense, this is that work of discernment going back to our theme from last week. Uh, like, are, are we testing the spirits and deciding mm-hmm. and and discovering if this is actually from the good spirit or not, Mm -hmm, or just taking mm -hmm. it at face value, you know, it's the last line is very odd. You know, let us condemn him to a shameful death for according to his own words, God will take care of him. Like, you know, that's true in a sense. God will take care of him. Uh, You know, let us condemn him to a shameful death. Well, that's a whole different thing. Uh, Right. Right. uh, But yeah, I don't know. I'm still struggling with this. I think there's, I I think there's something there.
0: Well, okay, so, I, I mean, when I first read this at first value, for face value, I was thinking about, you know, Christ, you know, sort of the suffering servant, um, and this is, you know, he's the Son of God, and he claims to be the Son of God, and you know, these are his enemies. But then as you were talking, I thought to myself, well, you know, the evil spirit will tempt me as well as an angel of light. And so, if he's tempting me as an angel of light, you know, in disguise, appearing to yeah. me as one who is born from above, well, he may also be claiming to be more than he is, perhaps even claiming to be the son of God. And so how do I test the spirits, you know? Um, that's an interesting twist. I, I hadn't been thinking about that because I just assumed this sounded a lot like the Suffering Servant song, you know, um, yeah. that I gave over my, my cheeks, you know, to, to striking and to the plucking of my beard. But no, like, if this is also wisdom, wisdom is also not allowing myself to be swayed by anybody who just speaks with authority from on high because that would be perhaps a little bit naïve to let myself be swayed by anybody who claims to be from, from God. Um, Yeah.
1: So yeah, it's interesting though, but like also keep in mind, and I completely missed this, (laughs) the very first line, the the wicked wicked say. say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) Now, but, but still, I, I mean, I wonder, I wonder about that. Like, is there something there, even though this is what the wicked says, you know, is okay, so obviously there's gonna be like this Ajra contra, like we're learning what not to say by, you know, considering the source, as my mom would say. Yeah. Uh but but, you know, even even the evil spirit works through partial truths.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh
1: yeah, and so I wonder it's this is a weird thing to to have a, a reading over what the wicked say.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so maybe just going back to the theme of wisdom briefly, uh, you know, with childlike wisdom. Maybe that's part of it. Uh, Yeah,
1: so... Knowing the arguments of her enemies.
0: (laughs) That's good, that's good. I was going to go a different angle, but I I like that, you know, so I think that you could highlight that as sort of an angle, is how does the enemy speak, and you can go back to that discernment theme you were mentioning from last week. The other thing I was going to say, though, is that um, just like with James, those who are wise from above... Um, you know, are pure, peaceable, gentle, compliant, etc., good fruits, but they are also obnoxious to the wicked, you know, and they they reproach the transgressions against the law, uh, etc. So there's something to be said about that too, you know, that when, when you develop a childlike faith and a dependence on God, you become obnoxious to everybody else, like you... Um, yeah, you're no longer palatable to the wisdom of the world. You know. Yeah. Um, you actually may garner some enemies. You know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm 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 trying to see where this is going, but I can't really the three <laughs> the three readings don't really fit well to me in a clear yeah. pattern. You know.
1: Yeah. You know. I think. Yeah. I think this is. I think it does fit with this passion reading. The more I the more I think about it, and the more I sit with it, and the more I actually understand what's going on in this first reading. Uh, I think you were right at the beginning. Like, this is, you know, this is Jesus, that we are, uh, that we, <laughs> in a sense, are saying to him, or about him. Mm-hmm. Because uh, if, if we actually consider those words like a child, and that childlike grace, uh, then it's kind of obnoxious to all of the things that I want to do. Yeah. And it seems to go against all the things that I want to do. Right. Uh, and he's calling me out for breaking the law. It's like, hey, man, settle down. It's like, no. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think I think the wicked is, you know, you and me.
0: Right. Well, you know, like, children, children have a tendency also of being very letter of the law, you know? And so, uh, yeah. like, if, God forbid, that you're driving in a car with, like, your nephew or your niece, and they say, like, well, you're... But why are you going over the speed limit? There's a limit. Why are you going over... I mean, there's a very literal nature to the law. And so in that kind of childlike simplicity, you know, they call us to task when we break the law, right. you know, the right. law of God. Um, now, I say all this, and I then think to myself, like, this person is insufferable. Like, that person I don't want to <laughs> be friends with, you know? Yeah. Um, the kinds of Christians that never let me enjoy anything, you know, <laughs> that they, everything, is, everything is an egregious offense on... You know, on well, on our yeah. Fate, I know? mean,
1: that's I mean, that's an interesting thing that that's where you that that's where you went. Like, uh, you know, this very puritanical approach to how we see the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I I would not have have gone that way. Um, yeah, what, I don't know.
0: If, right, right. So anyway, I don't know. that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I th- I think a whole homily could certainly be preached on childlikeness and. I yeah. think it would very easily devolve into platitudes, honestly. Yeah, so, um, so
1: zooming out, what are, we, what are we looking at here?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, frankly, you know, to avoid platitudes, because I think we're, we're doomed to speak in platitudes if we talk about um, childlike faith and simplicity and all that. Um, okay, okay. I think to give it teeth, you have to put it in context with the first part of the gospel. It's, a, it's an anticipation of the passion. And so yeah. something is going on there that, that is essential, that I don't know how to connect it. Um, but if we can connect that first part of the gospel to this childlike thing, then I think that might give it some actual oomph, you know, and not just have it be this platitudinal thing about wisdom and being childlike and all that. You know, and perhaps, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what you well,
1: think. Well, what about, I mean, what, <laughs> like, look, here we go. The Son of Man is to be handed over, and they will kill him. Three days he will rise. Do you actually believe that? What does that change if you do?
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Children don't it. seem to have. Yeah. Children don't seem to have a hard yeah, time Children don't seem to have a hard time with that teaching. Like children are just like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. okay, God was born this day, okay, and God rose from the, okay, and like, with yeah, us it's you like, know, well, hold on
1: right, because it, it teeters on the supernatural. Like, wait a second, he's going to rise from the dead? People don't do that. Like, that's right. the point.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's the point. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. No, that's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. Um, also, you know, like, I mean, this is. I don't want to go this route just because I don't think it would make a great homily, but this will be just my parting thought for me to keep thinking about, is that he's constantly referred to as the Son. You know, yeah. The, the Son, and we're talking about being a child. So yeah. I often, like, when I think of a child, I think of Jesus' whole, like, grabbing like a seven-year-old, but it's like he refers to himself as the son, you know? And so what does it mean to be a child of God? Well, Jesus, that's the child, you know? Um, I don't know. Maybe that's a rabbit hole that isn't worth going down, but...
1: No, I mean, I think, you know, I think that that's worth worth sitting with. You know, we don't have to only focus on the crucifixion on Good Friday. Yeah. Like, I think this is uh, a wonderful opportunity, all of these readings, to focus on the reality of that, of that event. And what that means every single day.
0: Yeah, totally. Cool, buddy. Any parting thought from you? That'll be it. Look to the cross. All right, man. Till next time. All right, pal.